Hello and welcome to the 520 podcast. Today is the launch of season two and I'm super excited uh, to be able to kick things off today. So my name is Alan Grajeda and I'm the director for Chi Alpha. And today I'm going to be joined by my lovely wife Lauren and I am just super excited to talk about what God's placed on our hearts um, in regards to her, her role within Chi Alpha and then also talk about women in leadership and in ministry which has been a bit of a controversial topic within the Christian world. So I'm just excited that we get to dive into this topic today and I hope you'll uh, you know hear until the end of the podcast and you'll be blessed by this. So hey Lauren, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing good, yeah. Um, I, I just want to start out by saying I, I might have to switch back and forth between Lauren and baby just because I, you know, you always refer to you as my baby and, yeah. uh, you know, it just comes more natural. <laughs> yeah. Right? But we usually start things off by introducing or letting our guests kind of just do an introduction to um, how they came to Chi Alpha and what Chi Alpha's meant to them. And so I just kind of want to see if you just want to give a, um, a, a quick introduction yeah, into how you came into Chi Alpha and what it's meant for you. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm Lauren. <laughs> I'm a, a director for Chi Alpha Wichita. Um, and we, you know, we've been doing this for a couple of years uh, as leader, you know, as the director. Yeah. Um, for a couple of years, but I've been a part of Kyle for many years. I'm trying to think of how many off the top of my head. <laughs> um, four or five, maybe. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, but I, uh, I grew up in a Christian home, and so when I came to college, uh, I actually had a friend, a really good friend of mine, who um, invited me to Chi Alpha. Um, I didn't go to Wichita State, but I was like, okay, I want to go, and I'm going to trust my friend that she, right. you know, this is a good group. So I, I went, and um, I don't regret it at all. <laughs> I mean, definitely don't regret it because one thing that I found in Chi Alpha that I had never found before was um, genuine uh, love for Christ and love for others and living out that mission um, that Jesus called us, uh, has called us to live out, um, to yeah. make disciples. And that was something that I wasn't really taught, I guess, necessarily. Like, sure. I feel like I knew, like, oh, I want to share the gospel, you know, but... It wasn't like a real like mission, like an urgency to it, um, I guess. And there wasn't really like a, how do we do that? You know, yeah. just like I knew, you know, you evangelize, you know, you like people go out and they pass out pamphlets and, you know, yeah. um, but like there was a deeper, a deeper like um, relationship that I found like between like in, in community with one another in Chi Alpha. And so that's. Um, that's something that's de like greatly impacted my relationship with God and my relationship with right. others, like in the body of Christ. Yeah, no, I think it's so good you bring that up. And, you know, shout out to your friend Camille, yes, who I am Camille. very <laughs> grateful for because she gave you the green light whenever I uh, was first um, courting you, you know, and, and, <laughs> uh, yeah. and, and you know, just wanting you to be my girlfriend. And I, I know you ran to her for advice. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but just, but just yeah but just thinking about that the fact um that she reached out to you right yeah and e even that like you know you talked about you know chi alpha we really emphasize um thinking missional right and mm -hmm. like your time in, in college um is is not just um a transition period between you know high school and the real world like your time in, in, in the university 
um, is so important for you know mm-hmm. just coming to know God and making Him known. Um, and then also you talked about relationships. You know, I, I that was the one thing that stood out to me about Chi Alpha and really plugged me in as well yeah. was just the fact that I had brothers and sisters who really cared about me you know Mm -hmm. like you're saying sometimes we grew up like in our church background and um you know we kind of get into the churches one day out of the week um and then after that it's you know like all right whenever i come back to church again but like in chi alpha it was like we're gonna do life together right exactly yeah yeah and so uh yeah this is our what second third year as as uh lead director for chi alpha yes yeah yeah and it's been it's been a journey right it's been awesome mm-hmm. uh for listeners that don't know we actually welcomed our our our, our firstborn our son noah into the world um yeah. uh just this past november and so um baby i'm really proud of you i love you (laughs) (laughs) and just witnessing that was so cool you know yeah Yeah. so chi alpha is where i learned how uh, to be a follower of god uh, but also learned how to be a good boyfriend fiance husband and now a father right and so i'm glad you've been doing this journey with me Uh, but i'm glad you brought up that you your title is a director for chi alpha but even taking that a step further, you know, we have the titles of pastors, yeah. right? And so, mm-hmm. like you, Lauren, are Pastor Lauren as well. Whenever we say pastor, for, for or whenever we add the title of a pastor to a woman, um, that can sometimes stir a little bit of mixed emotions, right? With yes. um, people depending on uh, their upbringings within the, the Christian world, wouldn't you say? Yeah. sure yeah Yeah. and so like i don't know if you just want to tell listeners give me just a little bit of your upbringings and how you always um saw leadership and pastors within the church yeah yeah i grew up in a christian you know environment christian home um i grew up in a christian school actually so yeah um but i would say i what i learned um and what i was taught was um more of like a non-denominational like more baptist type background um so for me I never saw women in a leadership position mm-hmm. other than, like, with our school, the school that I went to, there was obviously, like, women who were teaching and, you know, so, and in the church, um, there were women who were pastors of uh, other women, I guess, so I don't know if they were really given the title of pastor, sure. but they were um, pastoring other women and children, um, but that was kind of the the I guess that's what they were limited to. Right. Um, that was as far as it went was um, pastoring other women or children. Um, so I never saw, even like when it came to worship, I never saw really like women leading worship or anything like that. Um, unless it was like with kids, you know. Yeah. Um, but not in the body of Christ, like with everyone, men and women together. Yeah, um, no, I, I agree with you. I think that's really similar to my uh, background um, where the roles of women within the church were limited to uh if not daycare you know daycare would be one thing mm-hmm. um but then it would maybe be doing sunday school teaching up until a certain age yeah right and then yeah. after that it would kind of transition then and her right, this is as far yeah um yeah you know kind of as, as a woman would typically have um, at least in the church that i grew up in mm-hmm. and that's just been a journey for i think both of us right that we really um, had to navigate through and, and discover especially like when we felt God's calling on both of our lives and um, I've been very open that 
you know, the reason um, I answered the call to God to lead CAF and Wichita alongside you is because you said, hey, what do you, we need to be doing this. Alan, stop, <laughs> stop resisting, right? Yeah. And so just to know that God placed the same calling on your life as was me, um, but that, that made us have to also just navigate um, what does the Bible say in regards to this. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, t- today we want to talk a little bit about that with our listeners, right? Yeah. Um, and just maybe start by prefacing and saying this is a bit of a sensitive topic. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and we don't want the outcome of this, you know, to be out of hatred or, or, you know, to have negativity come out of that, but rather instead a challenge our listeners to dive into the Bible and to dive into um, what his intentions are for men and women and when it comes to leadership. Yeah, yeah, because it's so important to to be able to look at, you know, to read the, the scripture and, and try to understand it for yourself. I think that's always really important when right. it comes to stuff like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so baby, I want to start out by just bringing up two verses that are generally... Um, the the main uh, points that are brought up to why women shouldn't be called pastors or have certain leadership roles uh, within the church, and I and when, after I do that, I kind of want to just hear a little bit of like your reactions and your thoughts um, in regards to that. Yeah, so mm-hmm. the first one comes out of the first letter to Corinthians, um, and, and just the the whole church in Corinth it was you know so messy, and uh, there's like division some people were preferring a certain speaker over another right there's like Mm -hmm. chaos in the way prayer and worship and like spiritual gifts were being used Mm -hmm. and um but specifically in chapter 14 towards the end of it paul says and i do not permit the woman to speak but to learn in silence Mm -hmm. right and then that verse gets taken out single-handedly and um, a whole theology gets built around that in addition with the other verse that I wanted to bring up from uh, the first letter to Timothy um, specifically in chapter 2 uh, verses or verse 12 where Paul says I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man but she must she is to be quiet mm-hmm. and so when you when you run across across those um, those verses what are what are your thoughts, baby? What 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 emotions come you know to your mind? Yeah, I I think for me, like reading those just makes me feel like not very important. <laughs> um, it makes mm-hmm. me feel like I guess the first thing I think of is what you know. If you take this as it is, what does that mean for women? Like, what what is our role? You know, in yeah. church. Um, if we're not supposed to do anything, <laughs> um, if we're not supposed to say anything, what do we do? And I think, uh, I think when it comes to like when we talk about Corinthians, um, there's kind of like a little bit of confusion for me when I read it because yeah. previously Paul's talking about you know how women should be prophesying and how that should work, right? But then you read like you know to not have authority over a man and to be quiet. So how <laughs> like it's a little bit confusing <laughs> when you read that, right? Yeah, how, yeah. I'm glad you I brought think. that up. You're referencing just three chapters before, right? First Corinthians 11, where Paul is actually giving instructions on uh, how to prophesy correctly, like in a in 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 a way that would edify. And mm-hmm. he he does tell the women like prophesy you know he tells them to continue to do that and so you're kind of left wondering then what's going on here right 
Mm-hmm. And what makes it more interesting then is, okay, so you have these two negative verses, but then Paul in other parts of the Bible is actually like praising some of the female leaders. Yeah. Right. And so like a notorious one that I wanted to bring up today was Romans chapter 16, which is full of, I mean, about eight women that he specifically uh, names who are doing leadership roles. Right. So we talked mm-hmm. about Phoebe being a deacon. And yeah. then another one that I wanted to bring up at that chapter is, is a lady named Junia, um, who is actually said to be great even among the apostles. Paul is like celebrating some women here and then he also is constantly praising a lady named Priscilla who is doing ministry also alongside her husband Aquila right Mm -hmm. and the Bible like makes uh makes it a point to list Priscilla first before Aquila which you know like maybe you know our our, our listeners reading that are like okay you know whatever but there's actually a big significance to listing the woman first and then the male in the Bible, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, like, when we see that, we're kind of left, like, figuring out, so what's going on here, you know? And then another one I didn't bring up, but in, in the letters to Colossians or, 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 or the church in Colossae, um, in chapter 4, verse 15, he talks about this lady named Nympha, who was actually leading a church yeah. right <laughs> and so like my my struggle has always been uh whenever we take one verse and try to just completely pull it out and build a whole theology in it without thinking of the whole picture of the bible right yeah so i don't know what are your thoughts what are your thoughts on that yeah i just think that we can run into trouble when we take certain like uh verses and we we try to use them for something that we like or you know that we've been told or something right. that you know becomes it becomes a bigger thing and then we don't look at the the bible as a whole or even that book or chapter whatever we're looking at as a whole we don't see the context of it yeah and even if it's consistent if that idea is consistent with the rest of what the bible is telling us yeah um and so I think it's so important to to see that and to look at those other things that we you know we see about women right um, in leadership. Yeah, no, I yeah, I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out. I think it's so important to always keep in mind, I, I guess, the Bible in its entirety, right? Like you were saying, never just um, trying to build something off of one line, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and that's been a challenge I think today because we don't always think about the overall picture, right? Or what is mm-hmm. what is the purpose behind certain phrases or, or um, verses that come out, right, that we see. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to highlight, too, was context, right? Yeah. And something we forget is that when we're reading these verses or these pages out of the Bible, we are reading, like, a 2,000-year-old le- um, male letter, right? So this is a letter that Paul wrote mm-hmm. to a specific church that had, or churches that have specific context and cultures and different things going on right and so what i wanted to do was take those two verses that we talked about earlier and maybe bring a little bit of context into that and then i just want to see what does that do for you now right like when you add that context like can you brought up you know your initial emotions when you come across that but then what is your thoughts once you bring in some of the context behind that yeah yeah mm-hmm. so if we talk about like one in corinthians first 
and we just talk about a little bit of the context of what happens in or what what was happening in Corinth, you'll see that there's actually two um, two Greek gods that have a temple made to them there. Uh, the first one is in what's called the Acro Corinth or the Upper Corinth, and it was a temple to the goddess Aphrodite. And so she was the goddess of love, um, sexual love, and also fertility, right? And so there's actually a historian, I actually wrote it down here to share with our listeners, um, but there's a, a Greek historian who lived around AD 20, and his name is Strabo. So he was a Greek geographer and historian, but he actually writes, in regards to the Temple of Aphrodite, it was once so rich that it actually acquired more than 1,000 cult prostitutes so the temple of aphrodite because she was the goddess of sexual love would actually have uh what we would call cult prostitution right so mm-hmm. people would offer themselves um in prostitution to bring um, money to the temple and to as a um act of worship to aphrodite mm-hmm. right yeah. and so yeah so strabo goes on to say that more than 1000 prostitutes uh, who were either donated by men or women who actually gave themselves for services to the goddess. And because of that, the city became really jam-packed and wealthy. And so like in Corinth, a lot of ships would, you know, pull into the ports and then they would go and spend a lot of money in this temple, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's actually an old saying that goes, the voyage to Corinth isn't just for any man because it became um, a, a symbol of, of what was going on there, right? And, yeah. and so you had the temple of Aphrodite, right? And then you also have another temple to the uh, Greek god Apollo. And Apollo was the god of love, or the god of music and poetry. Um, and in addition to that, he was also seen as like the uh, ideal image of male beauty, right? Mm-hmm. And so you have these two um, pillars in the city. And because of that, you, you know, cult prostitution is a thing a lot of homosexuality and a lot of like uh, noises happening in the city right i mean mm-hmm. there's just a lot going on where in fact like in in the letter to corinthians park she says that he was terrified to go into that city to initially go and preach jesus there because he knew of, of just all the um culture behind that and he knew this could be the end for me right yeah. and so what happens is you have a radical movement of god where a lot of these people are coming to know jesus right and mm-hmm. lives are being transformed and he's yeah. he's you know being a christ ambassador so then you fast forward to to this letter and you see that you know culture has still been a part of that church where there's divisions happening among them, some of them are, are liking the teachings of this other guy named Apollos, who was also a fellow worker um, with Paul. And so they're saying, Paul, you're okay, but this other guy preaches better, right? And then you had um, just an intense um, division among like spirituality where people were wanting to make very known that they could speak in tongues. And so it was just like the service was not orderly, right? Yeah. So when you add all those factors in and then you come across to Paul addressing what's going on there and then he says, okay, women, actually, I want you to be silent, right? But just right before that, he also tells him, but I want you to prophesy. You know, does that, what does that do for you when you bring in the context into that one? Yeah, so it, it, to me then, that makes it seem more like, you know, there's there's other things that are going on in the church, not just specifically like, not addressing like women just in general who are just like you know 
but there's like some there's some type of disorder that's happening yeah right and like culturally like things are being brought into the church right um or at least influencing it you know um because it's hard to not have your culture influence you right you know um and so i think that being brought into church services i think specifically um could lead you know paul to being like this is this is a problem right specifically with the women that were there it, it sounds like with right um the was it the god of love yes yes um uh-huh. with aphrodite aphrodite uh-huh. yeah. yeah that that i think could have been causing women to like have this power maybe yeah um in a way that was like unhealthy right like um right maybe uh like having a trying to like have power and authority over others and specifically like men you know right um i think that could have been a possibility right yeah i don't know those are just things that i think of yeah thank you for sharing that yeah i feel like cold or context really brings a lot it sheds a lot of light and Mm -hmm. so that's the same thing that we see in the letter to timothy you have another really famous uh greek goddess and in fact it's one of uh the the most or better known ones is the um, goddess Artemis and there's actually a temple that was made here the temple of Artemis which was one of the seven ancient wonders of the world right um, that also had a similar influence where it was they, they had some uh, priestesses or, or some female-led uh, leaders in that church who were actually um, asserting you know a, a domination right think of like feminism times a million <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. and uh in an, unhe- in an unhealthy way is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Um, and so Paul's also addressing something similar there. Um, what's really interesting about that one is that in First Timothy 2 verse 12, or whenever he brings up the word, and you've heard me say this before, um, I don't permit a woman to teach her to have authority. Um, the specific word for authority there um, doesn't appear anywhere else, mm-hmm. like in all the Bible. It's yeah. a standalone phrase that he uses there. Um, but you do see throughout the Bible the word authority itself. It's a Greek word called exousia. Like Jesus says, all exousia has been given to me and I give it on to you. Right? Mm-hmm. But the word that Paul uses is actually a stronger word. Um, what I'm getting at is it's, it's, it's a bad translation into English. <laughs> Paul is literally saying, I don't permit a woman to have domination over a man. And that makes sense in context because if you keep reading, he actually brings up um, um, another interesting verse about a a woman being saved through childbearing um, because uh, the Greek goddess Artemis was viewed highly with fertility, um, almost to where she was also viewed as just the mother of life, right? Mm -hmm. And so Paul's addressing some of these issues you know and, and, and tell him i don't want you to let that culture seep in yeah. and um he uses a story from genesis to prove his point about creation and god creating man and then you know them being also made from man himself from from the side and mm-hmm. um you know so he's addressing specific issues but i think it's important you know for our listeners to know that the bible actually promotes women proclaiming jesus right oh yeah Yeah. definitely yeah yeah and like some of the ones we didn't talk about was like you know jesus came to forgive sins and so he basically came to do the reversal of what happened in genesis chapter 3 or the fall in in eden right Mm -hmm. and so we see that if jesus came to inaugurate the kingdom he came to inaugurate a new way 
right, where men and women are making him known. It's the reason why he appeared to women first um, Mm -hmm. at a time when you wouldn't do that because the testimony of a woman wasn't valid. Yeah. And that's who Jesus decides to use to start the good news of proclaiming him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, yeah, baby, what are, what would be your kind of final thoughts or advice to just, um, you know, any of our listeners who, um, especially the women who might um, be feeling, you know, like a sense of, of calling to ministry or just want, you know, have a passion for it, but this has always been a hindrance or a stumbling block or, you know, kind of a wall for them. Yeah, so I... My advice would be to really dive into it, I think, for yourself, to look at these scriptures, you know, the ones that that we've brought up, and also um, there's others out there too, um, but just kind of going into a, a study of this um, and really, like, diving deep into it and just, like, being passionate about that um, and not... I, I think for me it was hard because I was, I was taught a certain way, and so I think for me... I never really looked at it myself and so really having that like that deep dive into it um, has been really beneficial for me because I feel like now I really have that assurance of what I I believe about it because I've done that um, work and I've studied it Um, I just think it's so important to to do that um, and and just ask God for that for that wisdom in that area it can be kind of kind of scary like to feel that calling but like not not feel for sure because you've been taught a certain way if that is okay um yeah 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 thank you baby thank you just for yeah encouraging everyone yeah just to preface or just to echo what you said um if, if you feel god calling you into a ministry you have a passion for it yeah seek right like seek mm-hmm. and uh, i've come to the conclusion personally yeah, and you alongside me and you know a lot of people <laughs> yeah. um that the church works best whenever we have a hundred percent of it right yeah, when we have men exactly. and women um actively going out there and making him known and taking on leadership roles and yes and so we we just want to conclude the podcast by saying there's a lot we didn't get to cover in the old testament itself there's a lot of beautiful um stories of women who are active in leading the nation of israel like the judge um or leader deborah is a big one mm-hmm. um and also just in the new testament we left out quite a bit um but we encourage you to seek and to yes. reach out to us you know in chi alpha if this is something you'd like more information on or resources uh dr ken bailey and his work is somebody i really recommend mm-hmm. and yeah we we want to do life together and so i just want to conclude by saying reach out to us you know chi alpha we 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 are here for you um and we want to make jesus known so with that being said thank you guys so much for tuning in season two is officially kicked off thank you guys so much hope you're blessed by this (laughs) bye bye